Sports Ethos New York Knicks podcast, Andre Gallagher. Free agency has begun. You're seeing, seeing some big signings, a few players moving to new destinations. We're not going to go through all of that. We're going to focus on the New York Knicks and the news that's pending for them. As we speak right now, there are some whispers that the Obi Toppin trade to the Pacers is done. Not the reports that said, oh, there's some interest from the Pacers. No, not those reports. There are some whispers on the internet that the trade is done. Let's give credit where credit is due because I don't see anyone else tweeting this. This is a tweet from at Anil Gagna NBA. I'll spell it A-N-I-L-G-O-G-N-A-N-B-A. I want him to get full credit because I've been looking for someone else saying that this deal is done and to no avail until about one minute ago. There's another tweet from. And again, I want to reiterate this. This was long after. The first tweet. Saying that the deal was done from Anil long after. And this tweet says that the Knicks have completed a three team trade. For Obi Toppin going to the Pacers, the other team being the Kings. I'm going to assume that's part of the Duarte trade where Duarte was announced announced to have been traded to Sacramento, but the the draft compensation that came back in that deal wasn't reported on going on about 12, 13 hours at this point. And I'll give credit to my partner here at Sports Ethos, Jillian, who covers Sacramento for Sports Ethos. And for the King's Herald, she tweeted out uh, not too long ago. Let me see if I can find the tweet. It wasn't that long ago. She just tweeted out simply that the details of that Duarte trade have not been released. And it was probably indicative of it being part of a larger deal. You know, so give her a follow. It's at Jillian, J-I-L-L-I-A-N-A-D-G-E on Twitter. She's the one that got me thinking that this is probably a three-team deal. As uh, as she, since you would at least hear what the draft compensation from Sacramento would be by this point in time. Now, back to that that tweet from at Pacers World without the O. Just tweeting out that it was a or it is a three team deal with Sacramento. Again, speculation from Jillian. This random tweeter saying the deal is done. We don't know what's what at this point, but it looks like it's a done deal. If it's not, it's not. You know, we'll just move forward as if it's done at this point and probably or close to it and talk about what that looks like. Now, the Knicks are likely not to bring back a player in this deal just because their roster is pretty full here. Now, 
Dante DiVincenzo has been rumored to be going to the Knicks. Deal's not done. He's meeting with some other teams. I see a lot of people on Twitter saying that they have to make the OB deal so they can open up a rotation spot for Dante. I hope that you mean they need to open up a roster spot. That makes sense. But some of you are saying rotation spot and bringing up the nine-man rotation and all that kind of stuff. And listen, that's silly because Dante doesn't play back a power forward. So, and I know we talked about RJ playing backup power forward and Josh playing backup power forward. Josh Hart opting into his deal. We'll talk about that. But that's like spot duty. That's matchup dependent. You can't go every night having those guys be your backup power forward. I think I don't think it's a terrible idea, but you that's not that can't be the plan. They're not sitting around saying, Oh, we gotta trade Obi Toppin so Dante can have a spot in the rotation. That's just that that's not what they're doing. Okay. They need to open up a roster spot for Dante, but they're not just trading Obi Toppin just to open up a roster spot for Dante. They're trading Obi Toppin for all the reasons that you know you probably should know and we'll go over in a minute. They could just as easily cut Isaiah Roby or any other any number of players. You know, they they brought Trevor Keels back in. Give him, give him. Congratulations to Trevor. Heard he made some strides in this offseason. I hope he did because, you know, listen, Trevor was looking kind of out of shape a little bit. And uh, maybe that's just body shaming a little. A little. And maybe he was in perfect shape. He just, you know, has a, a thicker frame. But I, I, don't, I didn't see anything from Trevor Keels uh, in the big leagues that would make me think that he, you know, des- is deserving of some sort of consideration as a future prospect for the Knicks. But the Knicks do because they signed him to a deal. They guaranteed his deal as a second-round pick last year. But Isaiah Roby's also signed to the Knicks, didn't play a second for the Knicks last year. They're not trading Obi just to open up a roster spot for Dante DiVincenzo. They're not trading Obi to open up a roster spot in the rotation. They're trading Obi because it's time to trade Obi, at least in their mind. And there was reports, and we talked about this on the last show, that they had come to the agreement, Obi's camp and the Knicks, to move on because there was there weren't going to be any minutes in the rotation for him, and it's time to move on from him from him because his contract is coming up and you gotta you gotta pay him. And of course Obi wants a chance to earn earn money and he's not getting that chance here. You heard the rumored audio of Obi yelling and cursing at Tom Thibodeau and and being wild disrespectful and Listen, these kind of fights happen often in NBA locker rooms. You don't overreact to it. And we don't even get have any verification that it was true. I saw a lot of speculation that, you know, the Knicks leaked it to make Obi look bad. And it's like the, if the Knicks did that, they don't know how they don't know how Nick fans work. If they thought that was going to make Obi look bad, that's just tone deaf as hell. Him cursing out Tom Thibodeau is literally what 65 percent of the Nick fans out there are excited to hear. So the Knicks doing that would just be completely tone deaf and ridiculous. And I don't know why Obi's camp would leak that. So I don't know who did it. I don't know if it was one of those two parties, either one of those two parties, it was misguided 
it it had tons of traction in terms of Nick's Twitter and conversation. But I don't think it had any real traction as as far as Obi's future and the Knicks looking bad or Tibbs looking bad or anything like that. So I just don't see what the point of that would be. And of course, we don't even know if it's real. Can barely hear it. You know, it sounds like Obi. You know, sound. You know, but you can barely hear what's going on. And I just don't think it has any bearing at all on Obi Toppin getting traded. I think Obi has all the reasons in the world to want to be traded. And I think the Knicks have all the reasons in the world to trade him. It's just, that's just the way it is. The business of basketball. I'm not excited about this, this draft pick the Knicks had. This is the first draft pick, lottery pick that this front office had. And they whiffed on it, missed on Halliburton. We talked about this before. I'm just going to go with whiff at this point. They whiffed on it. And now they'll be lucky to get protected first in a trade for him because they don't want to bring back any salary and they don't want to bring back really, unless it's a good player, they don't really want to bring back any players that are, that are not as good as the players that they're, they're considering already for the roster. So this is going to be draft compensation trade and they're not going to get a lottery pick for them. So it was, you know, it was an L it's an L and Obi Toppin may go on to be a very talented player in the NBA. He has holes in his game. He, I don't people talking about he's going to be an all-star. I don't see that. He's not close to being all-star level. He hasn't shown that in any way right now. And once you scout Obi up, you know those those thirty-point games that he has when Randall's not playing, it's going to be few and far between. He'll have a good time playing with Halliburton. He seems to have a good relationship with him. He's already tweeted out congratulations for Halliburton's huge deal that he just signed. Uh, if you watch the games, you've seen them interact a lot. They seem to be pretty cool with each other. Halliburton's a special passer. He'll find Obi a ton. Obi will get some open shots. He'll get some dunks, some alley-oops. You know, he'll definitely put some points up. But he'll, he'll, he's not going to get, he's not going to be the type of player that you go to for points very often. And he's not going to be the type of player the Pacers are going to go to for points. They have other players in that roster for that. So, as a Knicks fan, you can't be happy that this was an L and you're, and you're losing here. You can't be happy about that, but you got to be happy for the kid. All you've seen from him as a fan is good things in terms of what type of person he is and the hard worker that he has shown himself to be. After his rookie year, getting getting much better shooting from the outside. His numbers don't necessarily, necessarily show it, but if you watch, you know that he's been better from the outside. Uh, he's a better rebounder than he was when he first came in, but it's just the, he hasn't gotten enough playing time to, to get better, and the minutes that he does get, he's just not solid enough across the board to say, okay, let's invest in him as a backup power forward to Julius Randle. Now you want to get into the whole thing about whether or not they should be caring about Julius Randle and how they should just be getting off of Julius Randle. I'm not going to do that today. This is done, essentially. This is happening. It don't make no sense to sit here and talk about whether or not Julius Randle should be the one traded and blah, blah, blah. It's not happening. Julius Randle's here. Julius Randle's going to play 30 minutes a game. And Obi Toppin is going to be struggling to get 15, 20 minutes. And he's probably not going to be much better than what you've seen in those 15, 20 minutes. That's just the way it is. So you just got to hope that the Knicks get 
at least a protected first year from the Pacers. If they can get a protected a top 15, top 17, anything inside of 20, you got to take that as a victory at this point because all I was seeing out there was a bunch of seconds. And, you know, seconds have value, but you don't want to trade a lottery pick that has potential like Obi for a bunch of seconds. That's just that just hurts. That just hurts. Right. So the next the next item here, listen, say la vie, Obi. Next time we do this show, he's probably going to be gone. All the best. The Knicks are going to be in the market for backup power forward, though. And this and, and listen, I really don't think the Knicks are going to go into the season with R.J. Barrett being backup power forward with Josh Hart. I think they're going to have a small, some small lineups. There's going to be a lot of teams they can get away with that on. I just really don't think they're not going to have another power forward on the roster. And I see a lot of talk about Jericho Sims taking over that role. Conceptually, that, that would be a terrible idea going into the season where you know you need spacing, you know you need shooting, and then you you go out of your way essentially to add a player to the rotation who doesn't shoot the ball at all and doesn't space the floor at all, and he's going to be your primary backup to Julius Randle and going to be playing 15, 20 minutes. I mean, he has other value, but listen, that's I just don't think that's a good idea, and I don't think there are enough people talking about that. The Knicks make this trade. And they're essentially saying Jericho Sims is back at power forward or Josh Hart and R.J. Barrett are. And if it's the latter, I mean, what a departure from what you think Tibbs would want every single night for 20 minutes. That's a small lineup with a with a player in R.J. Barrett who has not shown himself to be a strong rebounder. But, of course, you can kind of invert that and say Josh, even though at 6'4", could take on the rebounding responsibilities in that lineup. The Knicks purposely going small for that for that long in the game is is kind of a departure it's a complete departure from what you would expect from from Tom Thibodeau and and there are going to be teams that are just too big for the Knicks I just don't think there are there're going to be a lot of teams that are still kind of small but there are teams that are small but still tall and long at the power forward position and when with uh, RJ Barrett who's not that athletic and not a great rebounder, it's kind of like that's what you want there. And But, of, of course, you know, like I said, Josh Hart can take the responsibility with those bigger players, but size still matters at some point. I just don't think that conceptually that's the best way to go into the season. They, they need to have someone else on the roster who can be can play those minutes if necessary, but also not hurt you offensively with the lack of spacing that you already have an issue with. And that's why, as much as I know the Knicks like Jericho Sims, and I like Jericho Sims, I really don't like Jericho Sims at the backup power forward spot unless Jericho Sims is learning how to shoot right now. Which quiet is kept. Jericho Sims went from a terrible free throw shooter to someone who is somewhat decent looking in very few opportunities. But if you're just looking at, looking at his stroke, looking at his form, you see a much more composed shooter at the free throw line so maybe he has improved maybe they see some hope in the mid-range jump shot or something from Jericho Simmons but you need it's not just the ability to hit the shot it's also the ability 
to read the floor and know where to get that shot and have the confidence to take it. All things that it doesn't seem like Jericho Simmons is quite ready to do. So are you are you going to the season with a Jericho Sims playing 15, 20 minutes at backup power forward with with a center that's not shooting either and just have a complete and utter lack of spacing in the second unit? That can't be that can't be the plan. And are you going into the season just saying, hey, at six four, Josh Hart's gonna be our our power forward for 15, 20 minutes a game, which would open up Rotation minutes for Dante DiVincenzo. We're just going to go with Dante. There's just too many syllables in his last name. You know, because now you're looking at if if you went the RJ Josh Hart route, let's just say Josh Hart, at backup power forward, as small as you would be, you are opening up 15, 20 minutes a game for Dante right there. Because you're moving Josh out of the small forward shooting guard rotation minutes and putting him at the small forward power forward rotation minutes, which opens up spots for Dante DiVincenzo. So, and I also want to, I'm also going to take a step back because I've been telling people to not spend that much time trying to figure out what the rotation is going to be when you don't even know what the final roster is going to be with free agency just started. I see people complaining about the lack of moves because the Knicks didn't trade anybody on draft day. I just can't imagine you guys are serious. And I know some of you are because I've seen serious Knicks fans. I know they're not just trolls on the internet being mad. The Knicks didn't make a trade on draft day and just determined that the Knicks are not going to do anything in off season. Like you can't be that stupid, right? You just can't be that dumb. You just really can't. And I've also seen real live Knicks fans that I know aren't trolls mad. The Knicks didn't make a signing in the first few hours of free agency. Like, that means the Knicks aren't, aren't going to do anything. You know, I, I've seen updated rosters <laughs> based on rumors. There's just too much nonsense out there, and there's too much nonsense on Twitter, and a lot of you guys just fall for it. Hook, line, and sinker is very frustrating to watch, frankly. So I don't want to make the same mistake and spend a ton of time going into what the new rotation is going to look at look like with a trade that hasn't been consummated and a signing that hasn't been completed yet. But it is interesting to me if Obi Toppin is traded for draft compensation. It's interesting to me that nobody is talking about what the next move has to be. If so many people are just assuming or conflating opening a roster spot with the Obi trade, welcoming Dante, but also not thinking about the and then saying it's about the rotation, but not really thinking about who the backup power forward is going to be. Because that's a rich conversation if the back and forward is going to be Josh Hart. That's a rich conversation. As much as Nick News is always trending on Twitter, the fact that no one's talking about that, that's that's interesting to me. But again, nothing's been done yet. You don't know what's going to happen. The Knicks might make trades that shake this whole thing up. So it, it doesn't make sense to get bent out of shape and shaking your head at what the rotation is going to be, you know, being judgmental about it. I think there's a conversation to be had. Obviously, I'm trying to have it. But being judgmental, being a Debbie Downer on all of the moves because you don't see what the rotation is going to look like in in October, in November. 
Uh, it just, it's just, it's silly. Discuss it, but you don't know what's happening. You don't know what they're doing next. You don't know what trades are out there. And speaking of, we have these Harden rumors. When I first heard them, I just thought they were poppycock. There's no way the Knicks are going to bring in James Harden. They're not that stupid. And then I thought, well, maybe it's a three-team and PG's leaving so Harden can go to the Clippers. But now the rumors are they're trying to team Harden up with PG and Kawhi. So there's just whispers out there that the Harden interest is real. And I watched uh, Windhorse talk about it on his podcast with... And he made an interesting point about it. And I think it's something that people need to think about as much as I don't want to do it. I don't want you to confuse what I'm about to say with me endorsing it completely. But the the cost for Harden might actually be worth rolling the dice on for the Knicks for one year. Because the cost for Harden is not going to be as high as what most of you think. It's not going to be as high as what, as, as what the Paul George and shouldn't have been, shouldn't be, but the poor Paul George deal is going to look like it might be a relatively small deal, something akin to the Kyrie deal to Dallas where the Nets didn't get much in that deal because Kyrie was going to be a free agent at the end of the season and it was a, a half year rental. Harden can't even extend his contract because of the salary cap rules of how he signed his contract and the deadlines and all of that stuff, he can't even extend this particular contract. So he's really a rental for one year, which means the cost to acquire is relatively low. So if the Knicks can get Harden for a relatively low, low price for one year, why not do it? That's the mindset. Doesn't mean that this is your superstar that you think you're going to be rolling the dice with for the next four or five years. But it might mean that you have a nice talent influx for this next upcoming season, but still have the flexibility to make a move next offseason. Whisper, whisper, Joel Embiid apparently wants to be a Nick. And with things falling apart down there in Philadelphia, that's looking more and more likely. Now, I don't want to do the whole Knicks for clicks thing and, you know, every big free agent or every big player who wants to get traded wants to come to New York nonsense that somebody my age has seen a thousand times over. But it does seem like there's a little bit of teeth to that one because you don't really see a ton of people saying and be to New York outside of Nick fans. I'm seeing NBA insiders not screaming at the top of their lungs, a la Stephen A. Smith, but whisper, whisper, you know, the 345 mark of a podcast. You know, there's some talk that Embiid is trying to get to New York, you know, that kind of thing. And it would be next year. And then you saw, you saw Woj report, and the same day as the Harden rumors started too, which was funny, that the Knicks are positioning themselves for a move next year. Something that had Knicks, Knicks Twitter ablaze. Because, oh, it's another offseason where we don't do anything. It's like, ugh, it's a second round playoff team. 
with a bunch of draft picks waiting for the right move to make. Stop overreacting. None of these guys floating around in these trades that you guys keep complaining about every time the trade is made. You guys say, how come the Knicks got to give up five draft picks and these guys are getting traded for peanuts? You comparing apples and oranges. The only Knicks trade where the Knicks had to give up a bunch of draft picks was Donovan Mitchell. None of these players were going to cost the Knicks a bunch of draft picks. The Knicks just didn't want them. And probably for good reason. Chris Dapps, Chris Dapps just signed an extension. He's making 30 plus million dollars a year. And again, I was getting on Chris Dapps for his defense and where I thought the Knicks would be losing if he was a starting center. And I still do. We had a better year playing center last year than I gave him credit for. But he's still not, to me, good enough to be the starting center on a team that's trying to contend. And he wouldn't be for the Celtics. Unless there's some more roster moves, the Celtics still have two other guys there to play the center position if it, and, and, and take the burden off of Chris Stapps for being that guy, that anchor defensively. That's not, The Knicks don't have that, didn't really have that luxury. He's going to either start at center or he's going to be a backup center or backup power forward. You, that's who you want to pay $30 million to? You think that's cool just because Boston did it? You know, most Knicks fans didn't want Bradley Bill. There's plenty of reason to not want Bradley Bill. And then you look at the deal that they actually made. It looked like it was peanuts at first, but then you saw that Phoenix had to give up four first-round pick swaps, basically, and, and a bunch of second-rounders. Phoenix doesn't have any picks after the Kevin Durant trade. They don't have any picks for the next, like, eight years. <laughs> I think seven years, actually. They don't have any picks. So Washington cleaned them out in that deal. And, and did you want Bradley Beal? Is Bradley Beal a good enough player to to give all of those pick swaps to? Because they wouldn't have taken pick swaps from you, New York Knicks. They took them from them because they didn't have any picks to trade. So they had to be pick swaps. But from the Knicks, it would have been straight picks. But you know what? I'm already, I'm already off my rocker because he didn't want to come here. So it doesn't matter what the cost to the Knicks would be because he didn't want to come here. He wanted to go to Phoenix. He wanted to rock and roll with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Do you want to come here? So it doesn't matter what the Knicks could have offered. It's irrelevant. Did you want Chris Paul? Huh? I bet you some of you wanted Jordan Poole, but all that money Jordan Poole makes, that would have been ridiculous too. Jordan Poole was a great scorer. Maybe the Knicks should have been in on Jordan Poole. I'm telling you now that Jordan Poole here was going to, all of a sudden, Jordan Poole here was going to have a real big problem with Nick fans. With his shot selection and defense. Real big problem. So the Knicks would go on trade peanuts, essentially, for Jordan Poole. It would been a nice talent acquisition for the amount of, the amount you would have to give up. But what were you giving Golden State? Golden State got a Hall of Famer. Yes, he's on the downside of his career, but he has a lot to offer a championship team if they keep him. What are the Knicks? The Knicks are sending Evan Fournier. <laughs> the Knicks are sending Evan Fournier. And unfortunately, because of the Knicks situation, once Derrick Rose 
His option didn't get picked up, and Derek Rose just signed a deal with Memphis. Good luck to you, Derek. Sorry, didn't work out this last season. But once he didn't, once they didn't pick up his option, they don't have his contract to trade. That means they would have to trade some of the actual talent on the roster with Evan Fournier to bring in to bring in Jordan Poole. And now all of a sudden, the deal you are paying more than than the Wizards are. That was a salary dump for Golden State. They had to send them picks on top of Jordan Poole. That's how valued Jordan Poole is around the league. And you want the Knicks to make the deal? You want the Knicks to pin their hopes to him and have this trade, have this this contract that nobody in the league wanted and Golden State had to actually trade picks to, to get rid of? That's what you wanted to do? So you guys are like complaining about moves that you actually, most of you actually don't want to make. It's really a, just a consistent troll job on Nick Twitter. It really is. You see that Cam Reddish signed a deal. I think it's $3 million for two years or something like that. I'm, I don't even feel like checking it. It's $3 million for two years. And some of you are, are, are taking victory laps that Cam Reddish is not in China. Because you were complaining that the Knicks got rid of Cam Reddish and Tibbs is the worst coach in the world. Meanwhile, Cam Reddish went to Portland and they just let him walk out the door for nothing. And he signs a, a three what, a three million dollar deal with with uh, the Lakers, and is probably not even guaranteed in the second year. And it's because Rob Palenka loves Cam Reddish, and because Cam Reddish is a clutch client, and clutch kind of runs, or well, at least in a partnership, runs the Lakers as long as LeBron is there. And you guys are running victory laps because he's not playing in China. Are you serious? Are you serious? This is, Knicks, Knicks are trending on Twitter because fools who are, are tweeting the things that I'm describing are getting a ton of traction. Just saying nonsense. Just saying nonsense. And it's infuriating as, a, as a, someone who is covering the Knicks, essentially a Knicks fan, trying to have Knicks conversation, and you're talking to people who are complaining that the Knicks didn't trade for John Collins. To do what? That was a salary dump for Atlanta because no one wants to pay John Collins that much money. Now, I will say I think John Collins is way better than most people think he is than than what he's shown or been allowed to show in Atlanta. But the Knicks are not in a position to trade for John Collins and bring in his his big contract. And, And do what? Back up Julius Randle, and it's and, and I understand what people are saying. Well, everything's about Julius Randle. They're not taking Atlanta's not taking Julius Randle back in the trade. So you're bringing in John Collins to essentially play a backup role to Julius Randle and play small ball center, and at th- at twenty five million dollars a year or whatever it is, and you think that's the move the Knicks want to make, and they'd have to trade. They have to trade a young player because that's all they have outside of Fournier to match contracts. They have to trade a young player too to make the deal. Utah's in a unique position. They have cap space. That's why they held out. They held out. You saw rumors last year. They were asking, Atlanta was asking for the world for John Collins. 
They didn't get none of that because nobody around the league has money. Very few teams have money. You saw Houston's handing it out. But most teams don't have any money. They don't have cap space. They're not in position to make these deals. And you guys, they're looking at these deals with no nuance at all. None. The Knicks are trying to build. I give the Knicks credit. People mad because the Knicks are not making moves. What moves you want them to make? You want them to give Bruce Brown $20 million a year? Huh? That's what you want? So this OB deal, like I said, it feels like it's going to be a three-team deal. It feels like it's going to be for draft picks and not a roster. Not, not someone's going to take up a roster. And I'm real curious if the Knicks are going to be. It feels like Harden wants to be in L.A. with the Clippers. So at the end of the day, that's probably what's going to happen. And the Clippers have a lot of role player role players on expiring deals that they can send back in a deal. And if they want to send back Norman Powell, that's almost kind of like a win for 76ers, even though he, he may not play the position that they want. That's a nice, talented player that they would get back in that deal that they probably shouldn't get back in the deal since this is essentially a sign and trade. But, you know, the Clippers really can't afford to keep everybody. But they would be fools to trade them Norman Powell. I'm hoping... Quiet is kept. You've heard me talk about it in the show. I'm hoping the Knicks find a way to get Norman Powell because I think Norman Powell is a sneaky improvement for the Knicks. And again, I'm not going to get into the rotation and all that stuff right now. I'm not going to get bogged down with that because you don't know what those trades look like, so you don't know who would go back in the trade. But Norman Powell is a lowercase of everything the Knicks need. A lowercase. Okay, he's not he's not a superstar, but he is a an aggressive three point shooter. He's a tough, gritty defender, and he can score. I mean, he can he can be a scorer sometimes. Now, he, again, he's not a high end player, but the Knicks they don't necessarily need a high end player. They just need a ballsy guy who can shoot. And who can attack closeouts and make plays and be and just be gutsy and, and also play defense. So he's not perfect in, in in the sense that he's not the superstar three level scorer, two way three level scorer that's apparently not available right now. But for a guy who's making around twenty million dollars a year, he immediately makes the Knicks better at the shooting guard position, better to the point where. Even a Norman Powell on the Knicks last year pushes Miami to seven games. Just just having Norman Powell, I think. But again, you can't pay a lot for a Norman Powell. And you would have to move other players on the roster to make room for Norman Powell. So maybe as a package, everything that you would need to do to make Norman Powell work doesn't work for the Knicks. But I'd, I'd much rather Norman Powell than James Harden, to be honest with you. But James Harden is still a guy who can put 25 points a game on the board, but you know he's going to hurt you in other aspects of the game. If the Knicks are able to get uh, James Harden for next to nothing and just have him as a placeholder into next year and potentially get an MB. But you know what? I'm not even playing that game. 
Not even sitting here selling that to myself. They're not getting Embiid. That's the way you got to think about it. They're not getting Embiid. Just do what you need to do to be better next year. Didn't even really spend a whole lot of time talking about what Dante brings to the team. This is, guys, another aggressive shooter from three. This is what I mean by that. Grimes is not, and he can be, he can be, but he's not an aggressive shooter. He's not an aggressive guy attacking closeouts, a confident guy attacking closeouts, and a confident playmaker. He's just a capable one. And I know he can do all of these things. It's just that he doesn't do it. And, of course, you don't want to stand in his way, uh, stand in the way of his development so he can you know, reach his potential. But Dante's a guy who can do it. Dante's a guy that's going to not hesitate to shoot the three, not get nervous about it, not have an opportunity like Grimes had in game six where he was wide open in the corner and he, and he airballed it. You know, Dante's not going to get scared. He's going to make the right play. He's a Villanova kid. You know he loves to play with his boys. I, I like the combination that these guys are going to be uh, bring to the Knicks. This winning formula, this winning combination that these guys tend to have with each other. I love the idea of that. And uh, But, of course, you don't want to get in the way of Grimes. You don't want to get in the way of Quickly. You want all these guys to have an opportunity to uh, flourish. But you know what? Dante's not... I know these guys are, are being called old because they're NBA old. But I just feel like all of these guys have a little bit more to offer than you think. It's because they haven't done it. The same thing with Obi. He has more to offer than you think, than most of than than some of you think, and not as much to offer as as some of the rest of you think. But I feel like Dante, you can put the ball in his hands and he can create something for himself or others. You know, he played in a system in Golden State where he had a little bit of that freedom, but they moved the ball a lot. They have a lot of off the ball movement. They have a lot of players who get shots on that team. You have a player like Jordan Poole who can be selfish at times. Uh, he played for Milwaukee, where Milwaukee, you know, championship roster, you know, Hall of Fame players on the roster, Hall of Fame point guard and Drew and Hall of Famer and Giannis. And you got Brooke Lopez sitting out there. You got Middleton out there scoring a bunch of points. You know, so he's he's a role player to the extreme on these rosters. But on the Knicks, that ball's going to find him and he's going to have an opportunity to actually make plays, just like with Josh. And, he, and, he sh- and he's going to have the confidence to make those plays. He's going to have the competence to make those plays. Something that, you know, seems to be lacking on the team sometimes. So anytime you can add IQ and competence and confidence and skill to a team, I don't see it as a bad thing. So by the time this show is out, OB trade may be done. The Dante signing might be done. The Knicks might also might not have enough money to compete with some of Dante's other suitors. So the Knicks trading, trying to get this OB deal done ASAP so they can give Dante more money is also a thing. And wait till Knicks Twitter gets a hold of that. Wait till they get a hold of that. Anyway, I understand the frustration of Knicks fans waiting for the Knicks to pull a trick on that big guy. But some of you just have no perspective and just, I mean, they brought Jalen Brunson in last year who 
head and shoulders above anything that you could have expected. I saw a guy on Twitter say that was a layup. I don't get the credit. I don't get the next credit for anything like that. What are you giving credit for? Is somebody out there? There aren't that many teams out there that are getting steals. They're paying the cost to be the boss. And some of these deals aren't that great. Okay. You want to talk about Utah? Yeah, Utah is in a very unique position. The Knicks are not in that position. People said that Atlanta stole DeJounte Murray last year, and they did get kind of a favored deal, I thought, from San Antonio. But that was because DeJounte wanted to play in Atlanta and they wanted to play with Trey Young, and they couldn't wait to get rid of DeJounte because they wanted to tank. And after one year in Atlanta, now there's talk that Atlanta might be trying to trade DeJounte Murray. Like, you guys are envious of moves that haven't even worked for other teams. You're wishing the Knicks did what the other teams have done, and these teams have not been successful yet. You don't even know if it's going to work out. Just be happy the Knicks are not bent over backwards with these $30 million contracts, $40 million contracts, $50 million contracts, making deals where they're giving up four or five draft picks. Wendy made a point. He said, those deals are done right now. Those deals, those deals are done right now. And this is something that I said over the summer. And I, maybe I said on the show, maybe I didn't. When people talk about the precedent of the Gobert trade and then the Donovan trade, and it actually goes deeper than that, the Paul George trade, you can go, you can go farther back, Kawhi trade. There is a precedent set for value for players like this. But my question was, what does it matter what the precedent is if people just say, I'm not doing it? And then the rebuttal is, well, then you're not going to get the player. Yeah, well, I think there's a bunch of teams that are starting to get to the point where they're just like, I'm not doing it. Because there's no guarantee it's going to work out. You look at the Gobert trade, it didn't work out. You know, F what's going to happen a year or so from now, the farther the farther away you get from the Gobert trade without Minnesota being in the Western Conference Finals, or the finals, obviously, the more the more confident you could be that the trade did not work. You need to see immediate benefits from a trade like that. And you know I love Donovan here on this show. The Cavs got beat by the team that didn't make the trade. You know, you can say it's too early to, to you know, to actually critique the trade and, and actually look what it's going to, look how it's going to benefit the team. You can say that all you want. Utah sitting on marketing an all-star draft picks. And meanwhile, the Cavs getting bounced in the first round by the team that didn't make the deal and got clowned for it. If I'm, a, if I'm working in the front office, I'm looking around and I'm saying, you gotta, you gotta show me how many examples that making this trade, making these trades, actually work out for the team. Because now there's a bunch of teams that don't have draft picks and are having mediocre success with the players that they traded for. So it doesn't mean that you don't make that trade when it's available, but it means that you gotta think long and hard about these blockbuster deals before you make them. And you saw how excited I was about Paul George. And I understand he's old, he's injury prone. And, 
you know, I was ready to give up the farm. But you think about it for half a second, you wouldn't have to give up the farm. He has two years left on his deal. Two years that take you right into Donovan Mitchell's at the end of his contract, by the way. But you got two years left on his deal. And if he's healthy, you're an elite team. So I stand by that. It doesn't seem like Paul George is available to the Knicks right now. But I stand by that with the caveat being he's not going to cost as much as you think because there isn't a market for the 45, 50, 55, $60 million player who is injury prone and may not and may not turn the tide for your team because they're not going to play enough games or they have other issues like a cat who, you know, doesn't necessarily play big in the playoffs or a Levine who has had an injury history or a Beal, et cetera. If I can't, if I can't guarantee I'm getting all world player who's going to elevate me to, to uh championship contending status, it doesn't make sense to spend all that, all those assets on them. And the more teams that start thinking like that, especially now because they don't have those assets, maybe that's a big reason. The more those prices are going to start coming down. Now, Embiid is going to cost a grip no matter what. But just in general, if the Knicks are going to be able to benefit from these prices coming down and getting a good player, a great player, as a result, that's great. Don't don't criticize them for not making the stupid trade. Don't criticize them. Look at Atlanta. They traded for DeJounte. It wasn't a bad trade. They traded for DeJounte. They lost just like everybody else. They didn't get as far as the Knicks. Anyway, sportsethos.com. Follow at sportsethos on Twitter. Follow at ethos Knicks. Until next time.